everybody and welcome back to episode 42 of empty betters i'm your host harrison shoals and i'm going to toss it over here across the screen to the man the myth the legend with the brand new glow-in-the-dark microphone nick manella what's going on uh, birthday boy much. how you feeling <laughs> rough weekend uh, yeah a little bit of a throwback weekend to my to my younger days but i don't quite have it i'm not as good as i once was yeah, I'm as once good as I ever was. Well said. A wise man named Toby Keith once said those words. Amen. Uh, yeah, so uh, you're 24 now. Uh, do you feel old? I had a little bit of a crisis on the birthday eve, and I kind of was like, wow, I'm almost a quarter century, blah, blah, blah. Do I feel old? Not really, but I think I'm old. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. I don't... I still feel like physically like I'm 17. I feel like I could, you know, still do some third line checking minutes and dump the puck in when I get over the red just to make sure I don't turn it over. Nice. Um, I could still do that quite easily, I think. But as far as mentally, it's just the amount of, you know, responsibilities you have as you get older. But in general, I, I think I could still kick some ass. There you go. Well said. I, I could be like a third line Ryan Kessler, like I okay. thought of myself. Not quite All the right. 40 goal guy, but I can no. get it deep. Yeah, that was a fluke, let's be real. It was a hell of a weekend. Definitely yeah. got in one. Um, good. <laughs> yeah, had some of the guys over, so it was good to catch up, good to see them. Um, bringing in the new age the right way. So Well said. I, I appreciate all the birthday wish, wishes from the listeners as well. Um, funny post, by the way, Nick. Good job. <laughs> I, I also would like to apologize to the public for the shitty pick I had last night. I was feeling good, feeling kind of ballsy with the birthday pick. Um, what did we go? We went on the under for the Avalanche yeah. Stars game. And, and was that it? lasted, like, what, 15 minutes? That was over by <laughs> about five minutes into the second. So right. my 5-0 and o streak officially came to an end, trying to get the hot hand back here. Kind of rooting for Philly tonight in game five between the Isles and the Flyers because if Philly wins, one of my favorite tactics is when a team loses a closeout game, you know they're going to win the second one. Yes. So I would throw the mortgage payment at the Islanders in Game 6 should Philly win tonight. But we'll get into all that good jazz a little later on. Uh, we are actually without Mac today. He is traveling at the moment. Um, little road warrior he is. So we are going to be doing this episode without Mac. Uh, safe travels to him. And we're just going to kind of dive right into it. I'm going to you know, give it over to Nick here to talk about news around the league since we last spoke. All right, just some news. Uh, the New York Rangers hired Jack Martin as an assistant coach. He's going to run their defense and power play, and this, is, this should be something that you're quite familiar with because he ran the defense and the power play for the Penguins in 16 and 17. And as far as I remember, that went pretty well for you uh, and horrible for the rest of us. Uh, so I think that's a great move by the Rangers. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, you know, I think um, – fuck, I'm going to mess this up. It's not Dan Quinn. It's David Quinn. Dan Dave Quinn's Quinn. the coach of the 
Dave Quinn, yeah. Yeah. Dan Quinn's the Falcons. Right. Okay, yes. I fucked that up like back in September last year. Um, Dave Quinn has a very similar coaching style to Mike Sullivan. Um, so I think Jacques Martin will fit in just fine. I think he's kind of used to the way that Sully runs things. And from what I've heard and how close Sully and Quinn are, it sounds like things won't be too much different up in New York. Um, you know, it sucks to see him go because he was a, a vital part of our back-to-back cup run. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> which you guys could see Nick's face after saying that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's part of the coaching change that I said kind of needed to happen. Um, curious to see who the Pens bring in as the assistants going forward, but a solid move nonetheless by the Rangers. I think that'll really help their back end because as we, you know, we talked about them sort of having that issue in the qualifier series against Carolina, the defense looked non-existent at times. So um, certainly we'll be able to help their power play uh, with the talent they have, not that they should need it all that much, but I really think it's going to help them on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on down the list, Brady Keeper uh, signed a two-way contract to stay with the Florida Panthers, uh, making him the first person, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, and I know I cannot, so I apologize in advance, first person from the Pimmy Sikamak Cree Nation in Manitoba to play in the NHL. That's pretty cool. You know what else is pretty cool is the fact that I'm looking at this word and you actually pronounced it right because, as we know with me, there ain't no uh, pimikimikak. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried I tried my best with that one, but hopefully I got that right. Yeah, Nine someone should of, look that up and let me know. 9.2 out of 10. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, he made his NHL postseason debut earlier this year against the Isles in Game 2 of their qualifier series. And I think, you know, as we sort of are going through this climate with, you know, hockey, you know, attempting to expand and, you know, open up more avenues for diversity, I think this is great. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's always cool to see a first-timer from any area, you know, kind of come around. And it always seems to be Pierre Maguire emphasizing that point 20 times a game. So congrats to this guy. He's now on the creeper list. Exactly. Big time. Uh, Another good story, Oscar Lindblom took part in warm-ups with the Flyers but did not play in Game 4 against the Islanders on Sunday. Uh, It was just great to see him, you know, back on the ice with his team. I don't know if you guys have gone and seen the footage from, you know, prior to the warm-up when they're in the locker room and doing their handshakes and getting pumped up. It's just a bunch of guys hugging him, and it's just great to watch. So that's good to hear. Um... Moving on down the list, uh, former Washington Capitals defenseman Mike Green has announced his retirement from professional hockey. I have, as I've stated multiple times on this podcast, very fond and also, you know, scarring memories of Mike Green as a Washington Capital, but I think sometimes we overshadow the good memories with, you know, turnovers at the blue line and stuff. Uh, he earned his nickname Game Over Green uh, that was made po- uh, popular by Joe Beninati after his game-winning goals and goals in the last minute of the third period seemed to become a regular occurrence. Uh, he spent 10 seasons in D.C. and was oftentimes the most uh, explosive defenseman uh, in the NHL. Uh, missed out on a Norris Trophy. I believe Duncan Keith won it that year, which I thought was a complete joke. Um, but in 2008-2009, he scored 31 goals and 73 points and set an NHL record for most consecutive games with a goal by a defenseman with eight. I mean, some of those numbers are just ridiculous. 
truly a defenseman ahead of his time, right? Yes. Now you're seeing defensemen put up 70 points. I wouldn't say pretty regularly, but if you're an elite defenseman, that's now kind of almost the standard. That Usually it's 60, but if you're elite elite, I'd say 70 is kind of more the ballpark. This was unheard of back in 08, right? You didn't have – I think Eric Carlson just got drafted that year, if I'm yep. not mistaken. So, tr- honestly, a guy ahead of his time, you can say what you want about him defensively, but offensively he was well worth the risk, especially for that one season that Nick just – uh, talked about and I can remember that record being broken pretty vividly it was uh, a pretty pretty highly covered uh, streak by the NHL during that time, yeah right I think Especially, a lot of those games got bumped to national coverage yeah so uh, kudos to him great career uh, you know as much as I hate the Capitals I never really hated Mike Green he was kind of a not a hateable guy he had a cool haircut he was kind of hip he was new he was like part of that new generational wave of offensive defensemen, and he just skated so well. Uh, snapped the puck around so easily. So um, congrats on a great career to him, and best of luck in retirement. For sure. Uh, Sidney Crosby, your boy, uh, underwent wrist surgery. Uh, so it seemed like it was successful, and timeline for recovery is three to four weeks. So we've now had Crosby, Malkin, and Zach Aston Reese all have surgeries right after the season. Uh, two of those I was very hard on. Not, can't really be hard on Sid. He usually doesn't do anything wrong. But um, it just kind of shows you, like, they really don't tell you shit while they're playing, right? I mean. No, not at all. They, the whole unfit to play thing. And even if they didn't say that, you just never know what people are going through. Exactly. Um, so glad to hear it went well. Anytime I hear there's surgery, I think of time taken off of a career, so that kind of scares me. Yep. But, you know, with Sid, I have faith in his longevity. He takes care of himself. So, Especially in the off season, He's not going to rush that. Yeah. Well, we don't even know when the season's going to start. So Right. There, there has been – I don't know if you've seen this online. So. I certainly have. It's literally just like an article that just has speculation for four pages. Yeah, I've heard a lot of different theories. Maybe we can touch on that at the end of the episode, but I wasn't really thrilled with... It's just, it's all speculation. None of it's concrete, so... Right. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Yep. Uh, moving on, we had a trade, uh, one that involved you, so this will be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Um, to the Pittsburgh Penguins go Kasperi Kapanen, Jesper Lindgren, and Pontus Auberg, and then back to the Leafs, uh, go a 2020 first round pick, Evan Rodriguez, Philip Hollander, and David Warsawski. All right, so I remember I texted you when this happened, uh, and I said, What did you think about this trade? And your response was, We traded away our first round pick again. So, where do you stand on this trade? Do you think this is a good deal? I know the Penguins drafted Kapanen originally. Are you excited to get him back, or is this a bonehead move? So just to clarify, that 2020 first-round pick that we gave to the Leafs is the 15th overall pick in this year's draft. So it is still it is in the later of the first half of the draft, right? So that's kind of where we stand. And for those of you who didn't know, Kasperi Kapanen was the main component in the Phil Kessel trade back when that went through. We drafted Kapanen in the first round in 2014, and he was shortly shipped out the door the year after for Phil Kessel, well worth the trade. I mean, it's hard to argue that, but here we are in the year 2020, 
and here are my thoughts. I am starting to think that Jim Rutherford is losing it, right? And I kind of don't blame him because he's got the message from management, Mario especially, when now this is it, right? Yep. I, I get it. I get it. It, it. it makes sense to me. So here we are in the year 2020, and I don't think we've had a first-round pick Someone, correct me if I'm wrong, I think since 2015. I could be wrong on that. Wow. I couldn't even remember. I can't even name you who the last first-round pick was, right? Um, Do I like the trade? Technically speaking, yeah, because theoretically we're getting a top-six forward who Elliot Friedman claimed has untapped potential in Toronto because he was playing a third-line checking role, third-line scorer role sometimes. Um, so do I like it? Yeah, we basically got a, a top-six forward who's going to play with Gino or Sid for essentially a fourth-liner, a theoretical good player three years from now, and then disposable AHLers. So it makes sense. But from what I've heard, and you know, you're the draft expert here, this year's draft is not the best draft, but it's certainly not a weak draft. There's, it's got its strong points. Yeah, and I think a lot of those guys are flying under the radar. Like, once you get, like, 5 through 15, I think a lot of those guys, I think, you know, we've seen this before with drafts, but that's really where it's going to open up. Like, you might see a guy who's, you know, slated to go 10th, go 6th or 5th or something like that. So, who knows? I mean, you could you could end up getting a steal at 15, so you, you never know. But Right, and... The Penguins haven't picked that high. Shit, I can't even remember the last time the Penguins picked in the top 15. Probably probably the Jordan Stahl draft back when Jonathan Taves was drafted too, 06. I mean, seriously, it's been that long. So I was looking forward to getting a first-round pick and starting to get a building block for the prospect pool. But I just, I don't know. I, it, 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 I understand the move, but I think we got to be realistic with ourselves. This move is not going to make the Pittsburgh Penguins a Stanley Cup favorite. It's just not, right? It is a step towards that, but I don't know if this is what's going to put them over the hump, and I don't know if it's going to be worth the risk. I also will be honest with you, I don't know Kapanen's contract situation right now. I would be curious to see what I know that the is. cap hit is like 3.25, I think. Okay, so that's not bad. It's not bad, and... No. Um, you said you mentioned the 06 draft um not a good one if you're a st louis blues fan uh because i don't know if you remember this they had the first overall pick and they ended up taking eric johnson eric johnson yeah. instead of jonathan tapes <laughs> yeah or he, shit i mean he, jordan stall and jonathan tapes don't kid yourself but still jordan stall i mean look he's been a second line center for how long now for years yeah so um do i like the trade i not really, to be honest with you. I think it's. I get that Rutherford has an agenda, and that's to win now. But I don't think this is what's going to do it. And I'll use the Boston Bruins as an example. So, what Bergeron's thirty-seven ish, thirty-seven. Yep. Krejci's is probably what thirty-six, something like that. So let's rock with those numbers. Nick's going to fact check me, but I'm going to roll with those numbers for a second. In two thousand and fifteen. You know, the Bruins, the year prior, in, in 14, I believe, or maybe it was 15 exactly, they had a really bad year. They missed the playoffs. They didn't finish very high. They were bad in the standings. And they got three first-round picks. Three first-round picks. 
I know for a fact that two of the three, I think one of them was Charlie McAvoy, and I believe one of them was Jake DeBrusque. I can't remember who the third one was. But they had three first-round picks in that year, and they've all turned out to be excellent players for the Bruins, whether they're role players, depth players, a stud defenseman like McAvoy. And I remember watching that draft and thinking, oh, shit, like the Bruins are, have like a decent roster, and they just got three first-round picks. I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's huge, right? And I wish that the Penguins would take the same route because you still have Sid at 33. So four years from now, he'd be 37. I still think if Bergeron can kick wheels at 37, Sid can too. Um, I kind of wish they would retool without giving up this much shit. And I know the goaltender trade is right on the horizon, and I know it's going to be Matt Murray, and I'm not that mad about it, but it better be for the right price, right? So um, we'll see. I, I don't love it. I don't particularly hate it because it kind of had to be done, but I don't think this is what's going to change us to being back to where we need to be. Okay. Um, just for number's sake, Bergeron's 35, Krejci's 34, and obviously we know Chara's 43, but... Okay, so I was off by two years. Yeah, but pretty much in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, injury news. As far as we go, there's not a whole lot because it's the NHL. There's not a ton of concrete news, but I think we would be remiss if we did not bring up and discuss the fact that Nikita Kucherov left Game 5 against the Bruins and did not return. There was supposed to be an update today. I have not seen anything concrete over the course of today all i've seen is the same thing that was yesterday which is him just being listed as day-to-day so we can talk about this a little bit more when we discuss the lightning um and how their series closed out but i think this is huge if he misses significant time uh yeah no i mean that's that's a huge shot to the lightning especially since stammer's out right now yeah Um, that i mean that is your best player yeah. By the way, I'd like to fact check myself and just correct it. Uh, they did have three first round picks, the Bruins in 2015, but Jake DeBrusque was in there. Charlie McAvoy was not. So only one of the three really turned out to be something special. But still, I think that's the route the Penguins should take. But anyways, um, yeah, no. The li- I read an article today that said, "Are the Lightning better without Stamkos?" I-, I don't know if they're better without Stamkos. I think they've been doing just fine without him, though and makes you think makes you think yeah yeah this kucherov injury definitely hurts though especially if they're going to be going against a slashing grinding type islanders team right yeah which i mean it looks like it's headed that way um so let's uh let's break down these series let's go out west and we'll we'll start with them for once uh we have the number one vegas golden knights versus the number five vancouver canucks as it stands on september the 1st 2020 which is when this is being recorded vegas is leading the series three games to one game five is tonight at 9 45 p.m uh yeah vegas they look good, man. Uh, they scored three goals in a five-minute and 37-second span in the third period to rally for a 5-3 win against the Canucks in Game 4. Flower made 28 saves in his first start since a 2-1 win against the Chicago Blackhawks in Game 3 of the first round. They they are so good, and they're 8-0-0 when they score first. They're loaded. Yeah. They're the best team left. I hate to break it to you. They, in my opinion, they are the best team left, and it's not. I wouldn't say it's not close, but it's not one where I would be like, eh, 
eh, you could argue this. You could, I, I, think, I think they are the best team left. When you've got Alex Tuck, who's on the third line, playing like he's a first-liner, and then you get Wild Bill clicking and get him a couple goals, and Pacioretty has found a next-level gear, and he hasn't been talked about at all, and he definitely should be because he looks great. That team is loaded. Yep. Loaded. And Nate Schmidt and Shea Theodore are both looking like top-tier defensemen. Shea Theodore looks incredible. Yeah. Um, They're going to be tough to beat, and I, I – I don't know. You've said the Canucks are stingy, and I completely agree with that. I don't think it ends tonight, which means I'll throw the mortgage on Game 6. Yes. But uh, I could definitely see. I mean, they should win, but I just have a gut feeling Vancouver will push it 6, but I don't think it's going to go much farther beyond that. Yeah, and Vancouver has gotten scoring from their big guys. They got scoring from Pedersen, Horvat, uh, Toffoli, and JT Miller is contributing with Apple, so that's nice. Bo Horvat is leading all skaters in terms of goals in the playoffs with nine. So Is he really? He is, yeah. Huh. Well, I guess that um, makes sense. He had a killer series last series. Yeah, so uh, they're definitely going to turn to them to get more of that for tonight. Um, another note is that Vegas has outscored their opposition 17-5 to in the third period. So. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> moving on to what has just been an absolute wild west of a series is what I'm going to call it. The number two Colorado Avalanche and the number three Dallas Stars. Uh, as we stand right now, Dallas is leading the series three games to two. Uh, Bishop w- returned into the crease for the Stars for game five and um, spent about 10 minutes there before they yanked him. Uh, so he uh, was pulled after giving up five goals in the first period, and Avs, the Avs scored four of their five in a span of two minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, yeah, that that sounds about right with the way this series has gone, and to be honest with you, I royally, royally fucked up uh, picking the under on that game. Um, well, I don't think anyone saw them exploding like that Uh and I think the one thing no one's talking about is Michael Hutchinson coming in for the Avs, making his first Stanley Cup playoff start and, you know, saving the day for them. That here's was huge. A, here's a fun fact. The Colorado Avalanche average 6.7 total goals per game in their last seven. Now, that doesn't mean that they score 6.7, but the total, the total number for when you're betting over-unders, it's at 6.7 in the last seven games. Wow. Something to keep in mind. Here's what I'll say. So this series, obviously, the Stars have, you know, they've controlled the play for the most part with the exception of Game 5. Corey Perry drew four penalties in Game, what, four? Yes. Game four. He drew four penalties. So they're clearly getting under the skin of the Avalanche. And I think that the Stars have enough firepower up front that we've now realized where you don't want to fuck with them, especially Sagan getting hot early on in the series, Pavelski's being a pest in front of the net, and then you got Haskin and working the point. You don't want to mess with that, right? No. The Stars have the veteran leadership to get this done, and they have enough veteran leadership who haven't gotten it done before, or now they're hungry, right? You talk about Pavelski, Sagan, Ben. Perry. I mean, Perry has a cup, but he hasn't won it since 07. These guys are hungry, right? These are the yeah. this, these are the leaders of the team. So um, it's something to definitely look at when you're saying, how the hell is Colorado losing this series? They looked unbeatable. The Stars are hungry, and they got 
a really good defensive core, and they've got really good goaltending. Here's another note that I think people aren't really taking note of is that Nathan McKinnon is on a historic run right now, right? He's got a 13-game postseason point streak, right? He's begun the postseason with points in 13 straight games. Only three players have ever had a longer streak to begin a postseason. Bobby Orr and Mark Messier, both with 14 games played. Don't know if you've ever heard of them. They were pretty good. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. And Brian Trottier with 18 games played. So Trottier holds the record with 18. Nate would have to get five. He'd have to play five more games and get five more points in all those. So the Avalanche would have to win the series. But he is the first player since Mark Messier in 1994 to begin a playoff run with at least a 13-game point streak. That's insane. And I think he's proven himself to be what I would say at this point is the second best player in the world. Um, I don't think that, you know, you can try and make the comparison to him and McDavid, but I think it's a lot closer than people would think. Yeah, I think he's putting his name right there on the ballot for first, to be honest with you. I, I, I think that when it there's a lot more things that go into being the best player than the eye test, right? And obviously, in stats for that matter, obviously McDavid is world class. He's I would say he is the best player in the world, but there's something about Nate that I'm not so sure Connor has, even though he had a really good postseason. I mean, he was still leading the league in points after the first round, I think. So no discredit to Connor, but Nate's just got that, like, fire. That He's that, got, like, an animalistic, like, desire to win. It's it's tenacity. It's that, yeah. it's that sheer, like, piston-like, legs churning, I'm going to fucking run over you type thing that McDavid just doesn't have. Yeah. And... It's it's mesmerizing and it's truly inspiring to watch. I mean, he he is really taking it to the next level, um, and this is when the stakes are the highest, right? Thir- I mean, we're in the postseason. We, you can talk about twenty five game point streaks with Crosby or Kane in the regular season, but at the end of the day, thirteen point streak in the postseason is a hell of a lot more impressive, in my opinion. It's it's a ridiculous um, streak to have, especially in today's game when it's so difficult to do that. I want to go back to what you said about the stars, about how like you don't want to mess with them and how they, like you said, you, they have that core of veterans that like haven't been able to get it done or they have that core of veterans that might have gotten it done like Perry, but it was a while ago. I think they're just getting so many contributions from guys that they have in their roster, like depth guys that no one talks about. Like, yeah, you talk about like Haskinen and Klingberg at the point, you know, moving the puck around, but I think Essel and Dell's been fantastic. And I know a lot of people were shitting on him yeah. last year because of that diving penalty he took or something like that or <laughs> earlier that. in the year, whatever that was. Um, but guys like him have been awesome. Dickinson is completely just running people over. Um, it's just fantastic to watch. And I, I think, in my opinion, that my favorite player to watch on Dallas right now is Dennis Gurianov. Yeah, he's he's definitely looked really good, and I, we haven't even mentioned Rupe Hints. He got he finally got on the board the other day, so that's kind of a scary thought if you're an Avs fan because we were sucking this guy dry at the start of the year, and he he is unbelievable. Now, yeah, he's gonna start finding fire, right? You give uh, you give a guy an inch, they take a foot, and he kind of seems like one of those players. So they got a lot of depth, especially with some of the names that Nick just threw out that didn't really get talked about before this series, right? So for sure. And this is all without Ben Bishop in that for the most part. Yeah. So I guess, you know, would you go back to Hudobin or would you try and go with Bishop again? 
I'd stick with Kadobin. Okay. Or I'd go. I, let me rephrase that. I'd go with Kadobin, right? Yeah. I now here's what I'll say. Right. We just talked about how you throw the mortgage on games where a team fails to close a series out. Do you feel confident enough in Dallas to close this out in six? Yeah, they've been. They get, the stars are aligning for them. No pun intended. Yeah. Nice. To to just steamroll Colorado. They 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 didn't close out the series. They got beat down in the first period, five nothing, and gave up a ton of goals. Everything's pointing towards a rebound game, right? I would say that. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to bet against McKinnon when his back's up against the wall. And I know that's one player, and you've got to rely on a whole team. But look at how fired up they came out last night when their back was against the wall. They just came out roaring, and I have a feeling that they're not going to lay down and just turtle in the next game. And I feel like, you know, as it seems to be with this series, it's going to be like a six to five or a five to four or a six to four type game. So overs. uh, Yeah. Over city for sure. Uh, Let's move over to the East. We have uh, the one series that is going on. The game is being played right now. We have the number one seed Philadelphia Flyers and the number six seed New York Islanders as it stands and i think we kind of all i don't know if we saw this one coming i know we all picked the islanders to win or at least i know you and i did uh but i don't think we thought it was going to be this quickly uh the islanders are leading the series three games to one uh as we mentioned game five is currently underway as we speak it's two one flyers at the end of the second two to one flyers okay uh so yeah the Islanders have looked really good. Thomas Grace uh, started the other night. He made 36 saves, uh, and they won 3-2 to two in Game 4. That was a good pick. Um, the Flyers, I think, have just been really, really frustrated by this suffocating defense, something that I've experienced firsthand and I know you have in the past. So um, we know that they were capable of doing this to teams, but I think the Flyers' um, big guns have really sort of let them down here. It's a team that can kind of struggle when it comes to scoring, so the fact that they only have one goal in the third period is just unacceptable. Uh, Travis Konechny uh, has yet to score in the playoffs. Uh, Sean Couturier has scored a couple times, but other than that has been you know in and out. Giroux has one assist in the series. Like it's just you know the big guns just aren't there for Philly, and they really need them to uh, to help with scoring. Yeah, I, I think last year when the Islanders swept the Pens, we kind of saw what they can do. And now this year they're proving that they can do it across the board. And I'm going to assume that Philly wins game five, given they're up 2-1, right? Let's just assume that for a sec. I still think the Islanders are going to win the series. And there's not a doubt in my mind that if it goes seven, the Islanders will win game seven. They're not losing. They're not going to give this series up, even though Philly's far t- more talented. They've got the better goaltending, blah, 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 blah. I think that the Islanders are a serious threat to the Lightning. I mean, I think I texted you and Mac this in the group the other day. I think the Islanders are going to the Cup. And I could sound crazy if they blow this series, right? I'll sound like a complete moron, but... They look like the type of team who's going to just make that run. They're going to have that coach that everybody you know gets behind. They're the forgotten underdogs when Tavares left, and they're going to shove it up everybody's ass. And it's 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 very boring to watch, but in a way, it's almost somewhat inspiring to watch. And if you want to talk about a lack of inspiration, and you're a Philly fan, 
Your fucking captain is horrible. Horrible. Remember when um, Peter Laviolette called him the best player in the world? Yeah, fuck that. He's on crack. Um, look, I like Claude Giroux. I think he's I think he's good for the game of hockey. He's kind of got that. No, hear me out. I like him. He's got that old school mentality. You know, he's not really with the new hip aids drinking protein shakes after game. He seems like a guy who you would want to get a beer with. He'll, he'll he'll fight. He'll get his teeth knocked out. He throws big hits. I I think he's a he's the type of player you want. But that being said, in his last twenty five postseason games, Claude Giroux has one goal. In Claude Giroux's last, not good enough. In Claude Giroux's last 25 postseason games, he has nine points. You are the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. And I'm pretty in tune with like the Metro Division social media game and what the fans think and stuff. Nobody's really throwing rocks at him like they really should be, especially in a fan base like Philly. Yeah, so, I'm surprised he hasn't been dragged through the streets yet. Yeah, but you know, Bill Clement made some comments, and I just saw an article posted on... Um, you know, the Flyers Tribune or whatever, but his his legacy's getting tarnished. I mean, he was so good from twenty ten to twenty fourteen. I think he was like yep. top five in the league in scoring. And I don't know what's happened, but he was playing center then too. Yeah, it's just it's it's gone downhill real fast and Philly has no chance of going deep if he keeps this up, right? He's gotta snap out of it. Someone's gotta score. Konechny or Giroux or Couturier, someone's gotta do something. It can't just be, you know, Kevin Hayes every night. <laughs> the best one, right? Right, seriously. Oh, uh, shit. As I fucking said all that, I just looked who scored. Claude Giroux scored in this game. Okay, well. So he's, got two, so he's got two goals in his last 26. Merry Christmas. Exactly. That got a lot better. All right, so that series could, uh, you know, wrap up tonight, but we will, you'll obviously know that by the time you're listening to this. Moving on, we had a series wrap-up already. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have defeated the Boston Bruins 4-1 to and have advanced to the Eastern Conference Final for the second time in three years. Uh, Victor Hedman scored the overtime winner in the second overtime to give the Bolts a 3-2 to win in Game 5. Uh, the Bolts have improved to 4-0 and in overtime in the playoffs, so look out whoever runs into them next. And Andre Pallad has been absolutely fantastic. He scored in his fourth straight game for the Lightning. Uh, obviously, we touched on the Kucherov uh, potentially, you know, missing time and everything. That's scary. Uh, but the Bruins really struggled defensively towards the end of the series. I mean, it just did not look good in my opinion at all. And I, I think they really, really missed having Rask in the cage. Yeah, that that's a huge factor, right? I mean, when we were making predictions at the start, none of us kind of knew that was coming. Um, I did not think Halak looked all that great. Me neither. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think any of the games were total, total blowouts, but I didn't like the way that he played at all. And as you mentioned, I don't think their defensive core really played that well. McAvoy... He didn't really seem like he was on his game. Chara looked really sluggish, and I know that he is sluggish, but he looked worse than usual. Um, it, it just didn't look pretty. And Tampa Bay played with a lot of speed. The Bruins looked like they were in quicksand. They got the, yes. the Bruins are a big, heavy team, and that has worked for them very well in recent history. But they got outclassed strictly by speed. And yes. there's nothing more to it than that. Now, I will also say this refereeing in this series was – a gong show. 
that was some of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, horrible. I mean, there were a lot of questionable calls, goals getting called back, all this shit. Like it, it, it really was hard to watch at times, and it was even worse to hear Mike Milbury comment on the referee before he got kicked off the broadcast. <laughs> um, See ya. Yeah. So it, it, there was a whole combination of things that I think. You know, you look at a series that goes 4-1, you say, ah, they they deserve to lose. Boston did get unlucky on some things. Let's be real here. I, I think luck, this series was not all luck, but it definitely played a more vital role than I thought it would. For sure. I think that combined with, I don't think they played all that well, combined with the fact that this team went deep last year. They were, you know, 60 minutes away from winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So they played essentially all the way through last year. That's a lot of miles on a very, you know, sort of aging core. And then to have to come back the next year, have this pause in the middle and do it again, I think was just, you know, a recipe for disaster. And then you have your starting goaltender who opts out and everything. I I just think it was sort of, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for them. Yeah, no, I I agree. And, you know, it kind of is sad to see Krejcic, um, one of the peak, peak, Jesus, English, oh my... Krejcic is one of the key parts of the core. There you go, Harrison. Good job. He said after the game, and I'm paraphrasing this, but he said, I realized after the game this group has one, two, maybe three years left until the window is officially over. And the fact that one of the players is saying that just kind of shows you they're not dumb. They're very self-aware of where their team stands and how many years are left. So... You know, uh, there was some rumors about Big Z retiring. Maybe Rask retires. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't really think that this group is going to be together for more than two years. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. So whether that's, like you said, whether that's a retirement or whether that's someone, you know, getting moved, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, as we mentioned, the Lightning are going to play either the flyers or the islanders i think personally the islanders have a chance to beat them i don't think the flyers would have a chance in hell to beat the lightning no i don't either kind of because they play a little bit of a similar style and i think tampa plays that game a lot better than philly does whereas i think the islanders pose a much different strategy yeah for sure uh moving on We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do what we like to call the Magic 8-Ball segment. So we're all familiar with the Magic 8-Ball toy that, you know, came out, I don't know how many billion years ago. And, you know, you ask it a question, shake it, it gives you one of 20 scripted answers to tell you your fortune. So I'm going to read uh, a statement or a question, and then we're going to each answer from the list of Magic 8-Ball responses uh, to say how we would feel about these statements. So let's start going off of the uh, Boston-Tampa series. Let's go with Zidane Chara will play for the Bruins next season. Harrison, you're the Magic 8-Ball. What are you saying? Mm, you, know what, you know what? If this was a normal season, I would have 1,000% say he is going to come back. But I think the fact that we are kind of up in the air and – we're not really going to have a normal, quote-unquote, season for another two years. Hot take, I think he retires. Yeah, I completely agree. My Magic 8-Ball saying would probably be, outlook, not so good. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on down the list, uh, the Avs can come back to win this series against the Stars. Um, let's change the word can to will. Okay. No. All right. I think Dallas is... I, I love Nate Dogg. I love the Avalanche. I, they're probably, the, other than the Knights, strictly because of Flurry, they'll be the one team that I'm going to root for. But um, I think this is Dallas's time. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to win it all, but I think they're really on a mission to prove it. I think they're hungry. Nice. I'm going to say don't count on it because I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Tampa and Vegas will meet in the Stanley Cup final. Hmm. Sure seems like that would be the favorite answer. Mm, no. You're going to say no? No. I'm going to say I don't think Tampa's going to make it. Okay. Um, I'm going to say signs point to yes. Uh, the New York Islanders will beat the Tampa Bay Lightning and go to the Stanley Cup Final. The exact reason that I just said no to the previous statement. Yes, I I believe that the Islanders, should they play the Lightning, have a very, very good chance of beating them, and it would not surprise me if they did. I would also be very excited to have a series price on them before the series starts. Yeah, that's good bang for your buck. I'm going to say my sources say no, but we'll see De- what happens. Dean, I'm sticking up for you and all your people, <laughs> all right? I promise. I love you, Long Islanders. And the last one on the Magic 8-Ball segment today is going to be Steven Stamkos will play this year. Uh, yes. I'm going to say don't count on it. Interesting. Because he, is, he's pra- is he practicing? Is that what I've heard, heard yes. I've heard no. He was supposed to come back like a series and a half ago. I just you, you never know what's going on with them. But I don't know. I think, like you said, if, if the Islanders can beat them and they're only around for you know another five games or so, it might not be likely. I, I think back to the 2016 Eastern Conference Finals when it was Penn's Lightning and it was Game 7 and Stamkos hadn't played in three months or four months or whatever, and they put him back in the lineup for Game 7. And yep. they had him in a limited role, and I just didn't think that was smart. Yeah. So I've seen Cooper pull out the desperation move before. Wouldn't be surprised to see it again. Yeah. Um, hot take. I don't think he's that great, but... Cooper as Ooh. a head coach, not oh. Stamkos. Ooh. Uh, I um, thought you were talking about Stammer as a player. No, and I know we have a dedicated Lightning fan listening to this, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear it. But right, fuming yeah, right now. I just, I've never agreed with the majority of John Cooper's decisions. So, Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Let me post one out here for you. You ready for this? Yep. Braden Holpe will be playing in California next season. Not in California. I think he's going to Canada. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I like I call me crazy, but I could see him ending up on the Oilers or the Flames or somewhere like that. I could definitely see that. I, I also have heard that um the Kings would be a very viable option. They seem to be in a lot of trade rumors lately, so Yeah. I'm interested to see what shakes out with them because they have a history of being a good team in the last decade, and then they fell off the map, so we'll see. Yeah, they're definitely in buyer mode right now. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to who we are most impressed and disappointed with over the last couple weeks or so. Uh, for me, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Dennis Gurianov, I think, has been absolutely fantastic for Dallas. He's been lights out on the power play, you know, capitalizing on Kale McCarr turnovers, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he looks fantastic, and I just don't think anyone's talking about this guy. So that's who I'm going with. Mine's going to be Zach Bogosian of the Tampa Bay Lightning. First postseason in his 11-year career. Can't believe it's been that long. It feels like yesterday watching that 08 draft, I believe. Mm-hmm. Third or fourth overall? I can't remember. I could be fucking that up. Um, but, yeah, he I can't remember if it was game one. I think it was where he had that nasty assist. That was he sick. went end-to-end. Yeah. Um, that kind of kicked off and he because he got benched the period before, the game before. I can't remember if it was game two or game one, so I apologize. But he got benched, and then his response was coming out with that assist. And he's looked great ever since. He's just eating pucks on the PK. He's getting in guys' faces. He's playing physical. He's embracing his first postseason in his career. I've been thoroughly impressed ever since that assist occurred earlier on in the series. He's definitely impressed me. For sure. And, I mean, I feel like he's just built for playoff hockey. And he was banished on some horrible teams for those 11 years. So I, I feel like he's, you know, he's probably so relieved to be, you know, in this position right now. Uh, as far as disappointed, uh, I can see that we both have Flyers players. I'm going to go with Konechny. I just, you know, he was their team's leading goal scorer all season long and has yet to score in the postseason. I'm amazed they've made it this far without him doing so. So, I mean, he really needs to step up if they want to get through this series against the Islanders. Bogosian was fourth in 08, by the way. Okay. Behind Stammer, Dowdy, and Luke Shen. Fun fact. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, I agree. The Flyers have looked like dog shit. Not just saying that because I'm a Pens fan, but, you know, whatever. Claude Giroux, as I mentioned earlier, he is, I mean, granted, he has a goal this game, so maybe I just sparked the fire inside of him, but he has not looked good this postseason or the postseasons prior. He really needs to step up. It looks like he has in game five, and if they want to win this series, he's going to have to in game six and seven as well. For sure, I, I really don't. More. I really, really, really don't see the Islanders blowing this. I, I told you at the start of the se- series, I was. You so, said in six. Yeah, I, I, I'm very confident on the Islanders. I, I don't yeah. think people are giving them enough respect. And if they play the Lightning, they have a very serious chance of going to the Cup. And I think it would be hilarious to see because so, nobody had that. No, I completely agree. And Dean would make me look like an idiot. Yeah. Remember, I laughed at him. Yeah, true. <laughs> I was like, man, spoken like a true Long Islander, blah, blah, blah. I'm always going to shove yeah. it up my ass. <laughs> Lovely. That, I think that about oh, does it. I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I don't think there's any other topics that we really think are super pressing at the moment. We're kind of in that weird phase where we're trying to see the rest of the series play out. So, um you know, we'll have our next episode will probably be a preview of the conference finals. Yep, I would expect so. Unless we have something go seven, it's likely that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep an eye out on the Instagram and Twitter for our day picks. We usually like to post those a couple hours before game time. I've been pretty hot lately. I know I fucked up on the under, and I've said that two times this episode, but five and one in the last six, I'm kind of hanging my hat on that. A good heater for me. Nick, I expect you to have a good little run here. For sure. I think, you know, I want to talk real quick 
um, about those prop bets that we've been dabbling in here and there, those over under, you know, players to have this many points and stuff. I think those are a ton of fun. They are a lot of fun and you can get them for pretty good odds. I think, um, one of my favorite plays is Anthony Bavillier getting a point. They've, the, he usually has a decent price. I mean, it's somewhere around even most games, honestly. And he's been a tank for the Islanders lately. So um, he's one of my favorite players to kind of watch to see if there's any props. For sure. That's a good one. Uh, you know, what was the other one that we took the other night? It was like Shea Theodore to get a point. It was Shea Theodore to get a point. Easy money. Yep. So It was that, um, that like alley-oop pass he did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty that was sick. Cool. So maybe we'll start posting those so you guys can kind of dabble on that. Um, another thing you guys should be dabbling on is some of our new merch that we have. As mentioned last episode, we have face masks. We have, Nick, what else do we have? Uh, what else do we have? We have stickers. I'm going to slap a bunch of those on my cooler. It's going to look great. What else do we have? New um, t-shirts. We got some yeah. hats coming out. So Crew neck season, so go get yourself a sweatshirt. No, no lie. Nick designed the new crew neck that dropped, and it's a '70s theme inspired. I would say I kind of like something how it like has, that. Yeah, it's got the big retro logo on the back. Go, guy! You guys should go take a look at that. It looks pretty sweet, if I do say so myself. Um, but yeah, take a look at the merch. Any proceeds help. Uh, thank you for all who have bought merch. It's helped us kind of upgrade some of our equipment. And, for sure. Uh, Nick's using the brand new fancy mic. On I'll be using that next episode most likely. Moving on up, baby. Moving up the ranks. So um, thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it as always. Thank you for sticking with us through this playoffs. If there's any questions or content that you guys are suggesting or have questions about, please shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um, We think the format of the episode has been pretty solid through the playoffs so far, but we're always open to suggestions. So um, just be open with us and, you know, we'll respond. Yeah, absolutely. And without further ado, class dismissed.